That's awesome. So, you know, one thing that I'm doing now, right, as, you know, just graduated college, you know, I'm 23, still figuring it out, is I'm trying to find, like, that why or, like, the passion behind, like, what I'm doing. And, like, I can see now from, you know, just the beginning of this conversation that you're super passionate about what you do in your job and helping people. And it's like you said, it's not just about showing up to the gym and working on your six pack and trying to get bigger biceps, right? There's a lot that goes into it. So let's take it back to like the beginning to like where like all of this started. I did some digging and you used to work out before school with your brother. Is that correct? And then you guys would go to school and then you do sports practice afterwards. Is that right? So I have a twin brother and we're really close and, um, he wanted to be in the Navy for a really long time, like since he was, um, since he was like in middle school. And so we, through my stepmother who served in the Navy as well, she was doing this like outdoor boot camp program called SEAL Team Physical Training. And it was run by this former Navy SEAL, John McGuire. And it was at different outdoor parks all around Charlottesville. He's also in, in Richmond okay. too. And he, but he, uh, so obviously my stepmom was doing that. So it's not like it's a program just cut out for, for a young people or for people pursuing military, but it certainly could be. Uh, and so my brother and I joined her in doing that every morning and we, it became a part of our like high school routine, which, which definitely was my first introduction to fitness as more than just like, well, well it, it was a lot of things. It wasn't just so like beforehand, beforehand, my like training or practice was for a certain sport. And so, you know, meeting somewhere outdoors <clears throat> was my first introduction as a young person to a working with lots of different people, right. different ages, different backgrounds. So like my brother and I were the youngest by far there. We were, we, there were some, there were college kids there, but mostly there were middle, middle-aged men and women, like 30s 40s 50s and we became really good friends with these men and women and it was like our first taste of just this unifying component of fitness where it's like you know bringing people together to push themselves regardless of ability um you know everyone's kind of working on their own thing, but as a team or as, as a group, or, and it's kind of like gave me that first taste of, you know, you're only as fast as your slowest person on your team. And, and that teamwork component was really, um, was really, um, I don't know. That was, that was probably one of the most standout parts of like that whole program was just like the team building and the leadership involved. Like, you know, as a 16 year old kid, how was I going to be a leader amongst <laughs> like people that were twice, triple and, and triple my age. And so um, that was a really cool thing to be a part of, but it was my first taste of, new, of fitness as just look like wellness, right? right? Like after yourself and getting stronger just to be strong and capable and, and um, you know, energized and focused for the day and whatnot. So yeah, we did that from, um, you know, we did that from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. We'd go right to school, shower in the sack, which I don't even know. Oh yeah, sacks. I know the sack, yep. We shower, we shower there, and I'd run into like Sophie Spidell, or sometimes because she would do all her like long distance running, yep. and she was so she was the coaching for the JV lacrosse team, and I was on varsity at the time, and she would just be like, "Did you go to SEAL team this morning?" And I'd be like, 
Yeah, I did. She was always she was always telling me how I was like doing too much, and which is funny because I I think it just was you know it's different because you don't see a lot of kids doing yeah. that much. But I I loved it and and um, I wasn't gonna stop doing that. And then I yeah lacrosse practice later or basketball practice or cross country practice. The cross country days were a little challenging. A little tough, yeah. That's like a double workout. Oh, man, are, like I probably ran. You probably run at least three to six miles in the morning uh, session. Maybe maybe three to five, I'd say. Um, and so it was a lot of a lot of mileage. But um, but yeah, it, it got me really interested in in um, fitness for health. And like then I was starting to get, you know, I start to see that translate um, into my my sports practices and and. and and improving my my um my athleticism and then from there it was okay well dialing in my nutrition a little bit I didn't really dial things in much of change or wasn't super aware of nutrition outside of what my parents um just fed you kind of on the table <laughs> and they were really good you know they they we always had home cooked home cooked family meals together and we were all part of that dinner making process um but yeah, so so I continue to do SEAL Team um, every summer. I was home from college. You know, any Christmas breaks or spring breaks or anything, I was home. I would continue to be part of this group. Um, but yeah, that really kind of sparked. Like I remember vividly getting my acceptance letter from Virginia Tech, and then being unsure about what I wanted to major in. And then, um, you know, and then I was kind of going down the list of majors, and I was like, nutrition, food, and exercise. Like that sounds that's, like reality. That's exactly like, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Like I'm, I'm starting my kind of nutrition fitness journey now and starting to open my eyes to like more beyond just typical sports team practices and how that can be just a way of like a healthy lifestyle and, and, and living and, and consistency and, and yeah, all these, all these great things. So that kind of opened, that was the start of it all. And then it increasing in college throughout. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm curious about, so you transitioned from, you know, doing classes before school and doing cross country and, you know, these type of activities. But then what led you to OCR? Because my, and don't, don't get mad at me, but my, like, understanding of OCR is Tough mutter competitions where you have to crawl and not get hit by the tasers that are, like, swinging, like, above you. So could you, could you first break down, like, what a race looks like for you? Like, the hardest race that you've done. Like, break it down, like... You know, when you wake up in the morning to like when you cross the finish line, break it down and then talk about how you got into that. Absolutely. And it's funny because um, I don't know if you want the backstory of how I kind no, of got No, that's, that's why we're here. Let's hear it. Okay, well, shoot. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so I, so like I said, cross country and lacrosse were like my, my primary sports in high school. And then... Um, so I wanted to, I really wanted to play lacrosse in college. And when I went to Virginia Tech, I knew it probably wasn't going to be like, maybe could try walking on, but I kind of, um, I, I found out about the, their club lacrosse team. And so I joined that for the first two years, really enjoyed it. And then I was kept itching to do more. Like I felt like our, I, I just, I really loved fitness at this time and, and was excited to push myself and challenge myself to do more. So I joined the triathlon team, um, my junior and senior year. Okay. And triathlon was great because I didn't know how to swim at the time. I didn't know how. I mean, aside from like doggy paddling, <laughs> doggy paddling in the pool. <laughs> and and um, so I didn't know how to swim, and I just kind of picked up biking, uh, road biking, because my mom was starting that this summer before. And I really just had a running background, so I was like, "Cool, I can run. That's all I got. 
helping me guys. And we've had a really awesome club triathlon team where um, the the student board who was like in charge of it, our, our, our student coaches were like, come all, come any. Like seriously, you don't even, you don't have to have any background in triathlon. You can only, you don't have to know how to do any of the three sports. Like we'll just, you know, just come and have an open mind and, and be committed to improving. And so I was like, cool, I got all those things. So um, sign up for my first triathlon, like eight weeks into the school year. And I was like, I'll be damned. And I'm just going to sign up for this triathlon at Smith Mountain Lake. And I was like, I'm just going to have the date for it. So I'm going to pr- be prepared by the time it comes. Like, otherwise I'll just keep putting it off and I won't do triathlon. So did triathlons all that year. Loved it. Got into strength training as well. Like a little bit of like kind of uh, lifting and some squatting deadlift stuff at the time. And then um, the summer after my junior year, that's when my friend, my friend from SEAL Team PT called me and she's a little, she's a bit older than me, but she called me and she was like, Hey, I, I know this is last minute. This is like a Friday night. I know it's last minute, but I signed up to do this obstacle course race called battle, like battle frog. And I sprained my ankle and I can't do it. And I just thought of you and wanted to know if you wanted to run it. It's tomorrow morning. Like, <laughs> oh, and this is like at maybe six o'clock. So like, let me get back to you. I'm just like, thinking about it and like plugged in my GPS was like three hours away or maybe it was two hours. It was, it was a decent drive. It's like, why not? Like I'll do it. I don't know a single soul had never run at, well, I'd written, done one Spartan race non-competitively before, but I was like, cool. Like, let's just go. So I drove up. I think I told my mom, I was like, hey mom, go on this race. I'll see you later. All this stuff. And I ran this obstacle course race and, you know, had like high walls and bucket carry or jug heavy jug carries it had like a, a paintball station where you'd like hit a certain target you had to pick up you had to run to the gun pick it up and shoot oh wow how do you train for that who has a paintball gun lying around you definitely did grow it up <laughs> <laughs> then there was like tons of mud barbed wire crawls and like caving ladders all this stuff it was it was so fun i enjoyed every minute of it and i ended up winning the race and i was like what the heck? This was the coolest thing. I think they were paying out a thousand bucks for the winner. And I was like, damn it. I just want a thousand bucks. Like, this is so cool. And I had a blast doing it. I'm covered in mud and I got a helicopter ride. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. It was, they went a little bit, they were, they went all out for, um, for this first race. Awesome. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And so like one race I met some people there like, Hey, we do these a lot. Like we do these Spartan races as well and there's one next week and you should come to dc and do it so i went to dc the next weekend made the podium there then they're like hey you should come to boston in two weeks like there's another one here so i just i just was like my weekends that summer was just racing and i was doing really well and my training and my nutrition seemed to like help like match up with everything and all the things i was trying to do and um yeah, and so and then that led to the Spartan Race World Championship that fall. So the fall of my senior year, and um, and I was like, man, it would be really cool to make top ten. I would love it, and maybe I could make top five, uh, but that might be a stretch. And found myself leading the race up until the last like two three miles, and it was like a fifteen mile course. Um, fifteen fifteen miles of what? Fifteen miles on a ski resort. Oh my gosh. Like, up mountains, down mountains, up black diamonds, down black, like, you're just going all over. Wow. It was the, that was the hard, like, still to this day, that's the hardest race I've ever done. 
Um, I was 21 at the time and I like, it was probably my fifth competitive Spartan race, maybe my sixth. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I found myself leading the race and I was like, this is so cool. Um, and that, and then, um, the last couple miles, I kind of started falling apart, which I look back and I'm like, damn, I wish my nutrition, my nutrition during the race, I hadn't dialed that in yet because I'd never done anything that long. Um, that I felt like I was starting to break down a little bit toward the end. There was tons of obstacles. I was losing strength. It was a four and a half hour race. Like it was very, <laughs> never run so, that yeah. long. And so we ended up finishing second that race and then um, had some offers from Battle Frog Pro Team and the Spartan Race Pro Team to join them all, um, you know, for the next competitive year. And so that was kind of like my first crazy introduction to the sport. And, um, you know, to answer your question, I actually hadn't done a Tough Mudder until uh, till the following year, 2015, and I just did the world's toughest mudder, which is the Tough Mudder course, but you do as many laps as you can in 24 hours. In 20? Oh, wow. Yeah, you should you should look into it. It's pretty, um, pretty epic. So imagine that electricity, like the shocking, I forget, electric eel, and imagine doing that for 24 hours. Like... I can barely I run down the street towards the beach. I run like a mile in like nine minutes, and I get back. And I'm like, "Oof, good work, Corbin. Time to like sit on the couch and play video games." Like, I don't know about a 24-hour uh, fitness competition. That's crazy. What's funny is I have still to this day never gone through that shocking that like. Oh yeah, I haven't done that. Never done because they they hadn't turned off during this. I don't think they included them in this world toughest motor event. And I've always been so like scared of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really shocked. But, um, but yeah, I think oh, with obstacle course racing, it's fun because, and what appeals to me so much still to this day is that it's a, it's a combination of running and strength training. Like you really, you can't just be a runner and you can't just be a lifter, um, or the strongman type person. Like you really have to work on both ends of the spectrum. And I think that's what keeps the training for it so fun because you, it's what keeps it fun because you just, it can look like anything. Like the training really can look like, um, initially it was triathlon and SEAL team and running. Like that was my training for it. And then it turned into like more CrossFit, like a little bit of CrossFit style training plus running. And then, um, and then I got a little bit burnt out from just straight running or I was got burnt out from the obstacle course racing a little bit and decided to pursue CrossFit and that for a couple of years. And that was fun. And it kind of scratched that like, lifter itch in me right. that I was like trying to really really hone in on like this really empowering weightlifting kind of um activity that I'd never really done before. And then now I'm kind of in this space where it's cool because there's a lot there's a lot more race series coming about that are kind of targeting this hybrid style athlete where it's like a little bit of fitness, like kind of there's some fitness stations in these races, but then there's some obstacles and then there's some running. And so I I felt like um, it's been something to kind of scratch my competitive itch like over the past seven years of competing. Like since I've, since 2014, I've just, whatever direction I've gone with my training because I've enjoyed it. You know, like if I, I get sick of doing one thing and then I start doing another thing and then there's something competitive that I can do to kind of keep me excited about it. And, um, you know, just kind of, like I, I enjoy competition, so that's always been a big part of um, just my athletic, my my like athletic background. It's like I like I like to have 
something to strive for. Keep, keep me on my toes and, um, keep me motivated to, to work towards something specific. But, um, you know, you have to, you have to be able to carry heavy sandbags and buckets up really steep mountains or hills. And then, you know, you have to be a technical runner because a lot of these trails, especially at different ski resorts are, you know, they're intricate and rocky and you have to be able to descend mountains and climb mountains well. And you have to be able to climb ropes and, and like balance and jump over big walls and do monkey bar stuff. So I, I really feel like it's, it's just, it's always so different. Like everything's so different. Um, there's different components to keep things exciting. And so that's a cool thing to be a part of. I'm curious, how do you like, in terms of like from a, like a game, putting your game face on standpoint, right? How do you manage these courses and these races like up here in your head? Like what's your mindset? Because if it's, you said 14 miles, I'm sure there's people passing you. I'm sure you might catch a cramp or I'm sure you may not scale the wall fast. I'm still learning. You might not scale the wall fast enough, but like what type of mindset do you have to have to compete in these races? And then two, how do you see that mindset translate, whether it be in your friendships or your relationships or just how you, you know, do everyday life? Yeah, that's an awesome question. And I've struggled with mindset a little bit too, because um, initially like the mindset was just, I'm so excited to try something new. Like, I don't know what's, you know, especially when I was brand new to it, I didn't know what to expect, but I had this open mind, like I had this open mind to whatever that was going to come my way. It was going to be exciting and new. And I, I think I'm prepared for it. Um, and so, and, and that's, that's kind of what fueled my first couple of races was just this pure curiosity and, and enjoyment of doing these new things that I never really got to do before in a type of like competitive event. And then, you know, once I got into the thick of it, like 2015, I was, I think I did 27 races from March to November in 2015. So it ended up being like, you know, more than two races a, a month. And, and that played with my head a lot because then I got to a point where I was scared of losing. Uh, scared of letting down, like, because I was getting paid to compete um, on these pro teams, I was put a lot of pressure on myself and I was scared to fail. I was scared to come in anything worse than third place. And then it keeps you up at night. And then I think about, um, you know, I think about, I focus on the obstacles that give me a lot of trouble um, and I get in my head about it. And then I, the, the, the doubt starts to creep in. And so it's trying to find this like confidence that you don't really have sometimes, especially, you know, you go that excite that initial excitement of like, Oh, I don't know what to expect to now all of a sudden you're a year into doing these races. Sometimes you still don't know what to expect, but instead of being excited about it and, and like, Oh, I, I really hope like I prepared well for it. Now it comes down to, Oh my gosh, I hope this doesn't like hold me back. Or what if the next girl passes me? Because, you know, then I don't make the podium and then I let my sponsors down and then like, maybe I don't get asked to be on the team again. And so that was kind of a really chat. Like that was a tough challenge for me, like trying to find confidence and that joy um, and that lightheartedness about racing that I had initially and felt like it kind of lost the more I got deeper and deeper into the sport. And um, I think once I put less pressure on myself to compete, it was like, Hey, 
is racing going to be my full-time thing or not? It's like pretty clear off the bat or not too long in like, I don't want this to be my full-time thing. Like that's way stressful. And I'm not trying to be the best obstacle course racer in the world. I've never really been like the best at any, anything. And so to me, it wasn't like I was chasing after the nutrition and the fitness and like helping people adopt healthier lifestyles. Like that's always been like a bigger mission of mine in life. And so once I kind of like, Hey, this isn't my full-time thing. I've got other things to focus on too. Like I'm going to go to school or I've got this other job that I'm working on. Once I, once I took that step back and I think last year, 2020 was a really good year for that because I was just like, it doesn't matter. Like no one remembers if you like win or lose something, it's just your attitude about it. How you, you know, did you learn from it? Did you apply that to like my, my, the big, the best, the things I can remember, remember from the last seven years of racing, um, some of them were winning, but I honestly don't remember a lot of those things. I, I remember the races that had a big impact on me because I failed in some way or, and it fueled me or it taught me something about how I need to do something the next time. Those are like the biggest things that stand out. So it's been this interesting learning curve of, of, being okay with failure and not seeing failure as the thing to avoid at all costs and more of like embracing that sometimes and realizing that that's going to come, that's going to come with the territory of being a competitive athlete and not being scared of it, not like running toward it. Of course they want to succeed. I don't want to just have so much a lack of self-confidence where I just automatically default to be to, to failing, but but be more receptive to it. You know, so I, one of my sisters, she, uh, we're switching gears here a little bit. She plays women's football. Um, yeah. She's like, was on the USA gold medal team. Like, she, it's full tackle football. It's not lingerie football league where everyone, they think guys are, you know, grabbing their beers and coming out to games. Like, she plays, you know, real, real football. And, you know, she grew up with two older brothers who also played football and, you know, kind of similar to you. She just hung out with the guys. So talk a little bit a little bit about, you know, the fact that your sport, what you do, like you work out hard, like you're squatting, you're deadlifting. Like, I think a lot of times people think that, you know, if, if you're a female, you aren't supposed to like be super strong or be able to do all these awesome things. And I mean, me seeing her do that, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're a guy or girl, orange, green or yellow. Just talk a little bit about your experience of, of taking on this, this career and, and, and how you're able to kind of inspire like young girls or girls my age or people that are, are your age, how you can inspire them. Yeah, it's really fun to be in, I mean, I wish it came earlier, honestly, because it's about time that, that women were empowered for more than just their, their looks and their thin body and, you know, just, you know, all all outward appearance based, but it, it is cool to also be in, you know, a male dominated sport right now that is, um, where in a time where women are, are, are finding their, um, finding their voice about these, um, you know, these, in, these issues about, you know, male dominate, like male dominated <laughs> society and, or male dominated sporting sport culture. And, having strong women being, you know, you know, evolving into the mix and, and, um, you know, it would be very different if 
this was 20 years ago and maybe I would feel like I'm the only one, you know, there's definitely some, some women long decades ago that were kind of paving the trail for all of us to come now, but it's, I, I love seeing this transition into like strong, um, strong women and, and focusing more on capability rather than, um, you know, rather than looks. And I think, and capability and performance and, and I think it's, I don't know, I think, it, I think it's, I think it's really special. And I, and I was thinking about this question because I know you, you sent me that in um, the email beforehand. And, you know, growing up with brothers, like that was very comfortable for me. Um, it was very comfortable for me to be in a male setting, like on an all boys soccer team. And I didn't really think twice about it because I was just, you know, grew up with just always around boys. And then I was always around their friends. And it just didn't faze me. But I realized that a lot of women um, and girls don't have that experience. And so it can be very intimidating. And so um, for me, it's cool when, when you see little girls at your races, you know, races kind of come up to you and be like, I want to be as strong as you are. Or, you know, taking, af taking after women in your sport, you know, as, as young little kids and running like these little kids Spartan races and, and just, um, you know, feeling like they have, they belong there and they, right. they have a place there. And so I was thinking about this, like I said, before, um, before we had our conversation. And I think this is something that's really cool. It's happening now is our, the women in our sport in our sport specifically are coming together to be an even louder voice in, in the sport of obstacle course racing in particular. Um, so I have, there's one gal, Nicole Miracle, and she's putting together like an all women's, she's like the top, one of the top female, um, obstacle course racers in our sport. And she's putting together, um, a, all like an all women's team called the OCR dream team, where she's taking women and, you know, women who are really excited about obstacle course racing and, you know, want to pursue that higher level, but don't um, necessarily feel like they are there yet or, or they're lacking some of the tools. And then she's putting together a tool, uh, um, like a panel of, or a team of all women um, coaches and nutritionists, dietitians, sports uh, therapists, and she's creating a team to help the, this, te this team of girls um, get to that next level. And so she's asked me to be awesome. one of the, the dietitians uh, within that team, you know, to help support that team. And I just think of, you know, how, how cool that is. And especially coming from one of the top obstacle course racers in the sport, you know, for her to want to see the success of the sport beyond where it's at now, but also she's at the top. And so she's, she's like firsthand trying to bring up like elevate the competition and that's all you know those are all women who could very likely be beating her in the next couple of years right. uh and and to her you know she's realizing that she has a bigger voice and she can have have an even greater impact teaming up with other women who want the same so i think we're in a really cool time right now to um empower other women um and, and kind of paved this way in like a very male dominated sport and society and, and start changing the dialogue there. 
That's awesome. So you you know you, you all are doing things internally. What is the sport doing um, for you? What's what are like some external things that you're you're kind of getting a boost from if there are any? Oh yeah, I mean I definitely think that just I mean for me one of the first things that I really enjoyed about the sport was because of that strength component. Like you can't you know running women in running have has been you know that's most of the time it's, you know, women are, you see, especially at school, like in university, I remember like seeing a lot of girls that are always on the elliptical or always on the tri- on the treadmill. So like that's been nothing new, but to finally to have a sport where there's a strength component and you, and women have to train for it, you know, specifically for it. And, you know, you have to lift weights and you have to be able to hold yourself and maybe do some pull-ups or, you know, have body control and all this stuff. Like that's, that's, still somewhat new to, you know, I, th- I think you, you don't see a lot of as many women as you do men in the, you know, doing a lot of strength training. And so now that's, that's been shifting. And for me personally, like my first introduction to strength training, like actual or weight training, I should say was, you know, my sophomore junior year of college. And so, you know, it took, but that was really empowering for me. And that's what I, you know, even coaching at fit to recover my nutrition class or my fitness classes, I see, I hear a lot of girls just saying like, wow, I didn't realize how strong I was. I didn't realize I was capable of that. And this is empowering. Like it makes me feel powerful and that I can be confident in my strength and my own ability. And I think that's what, I, I just think that's a beautiful thing. So we talked a lot about, you know, how you kind of came up and, you know, what you're doing now and how it's all kind of mixed in. What are you working to like? What like what are you working on right now? When you when we log off or when you wake up tomorrow Monday morning, like what's that like the the, the top of your you know to do list or your goals list, and how are you gonna achieve that or how are you hoping to achieve that based on what we've talked about, based on you know learning from your failures and you know what we spoke about. What's what's currently going on for you right now? Yeah, and, and right now I'm in a unique place because like I said, I was I'm working on so many different things. Um, but all of these things I feel really passionate about. So like with my work at, with my nonprofit Fit to Recover, I'm constantly trying to, um, trying to A, understand the population that I work with. Like that's, that's a never ending process. I'm always, I show up to work willing and able and interested in learning more about the population I'm serving. Um, and from a nutrition standpoint, like, what does that look like? What does the research say? What is, um, what, what are effective strategies for empowering men and women in recovery with the tools they need to take care of them or want to take care of themselves? Like what's in it for them? What, why should they care? And if they don't understand that, that's the knowledge gap that I need to bridge. Um, and, and, and then that goes for my own like personal clientele, you know, my, my online coaching business that I have is, you know, always trying to, it's, it's less about, of course, I want to get my clients results, but ultimately I want to empower them to take charge of their nutrition and feel confident about the choices they're making in their food and what, and why, like why it matters, why, um, you know, why they're eating certain foods and, you know, what elements of those foods are going to serve them in certain ways, not to like a super scientific level, but, you know, I, I want, want to help people understand because when you understand, you have the knowledge to act upon those things. Um, and if you don't understand, you just kind of do without 
knowing and, you know, without knowing. And oftentimes, you know, they're, they're, they're not our, our best or most sound choices. Um, so always, like every day, like I want to learn something new and I want to challenge myself in some way, shape or form. And that looks like a lot of different things with all the, all the things that I'm involved with. Like sometimes it's talking, giving presentations in front of people. Sometimes it's connecting at a really personal level with individual an individual or individuals in a, a very vulnerable, you know, phase of their recovery and trying to support and inspire or motivate them in some way. So, um, so in that regard, like, I just think always learning and, and being open-minded that, you know, I've got a, I've got a pattern, like a, a kind of a, I don't know, my everyday, like I've got a, a schedule and things that I do every day, but I'm always willing to change that up because I realize that there's probably a lot of things out there that I'm not doing that I should be doing. And so trying to learn as much as I can from other people who, you know, are, are doing big things in this world and, and being open-minded to new strategies. And, um, and I think that's with continued learning beyond schooling, that's a big component of of my job, especially in a field that's ever evolving and there's new research coming out and new strategies. And I just want to stay on top of that. Um, and then, you know, from like a physical standpoint, you know, obviously competing is still, is something I love to do, but I also think it's, it pushes me to, to challenge myself outside of competing too and in, in, in work and in life and in relationships. And so, you know, trying to, do something that pushes my comfort zone most days, if not every day, so that it gives me a good a perspective, right? It's like when I choose, when I voluntarily choose to do something challenging in my day or walk through a little discomfort, it puts a lot of things in perspective later when I'm, when that discomfort or those challenges pop up that I was not expecting. And I realize that I'm capable of walking through that discomfort or those challenges or that pain because I've done it before, or I've trained myself to, to be able to withstand, um, those things. And so that's for me right now, like above all, like fitness does that for me is, is, is strengthening me both from a physical standpoint, but also a mental and emotional standpoint, because, um, you know, you don't, of course it's not comfortable. I don't love doing certain workouts, but I do it because I, a, like the feeling that euphoric feeling afterwards where it's like, wow, I did that. And I didn't think I could do that. I was doubting myself. I wasn't sure if I could do that or I really wanted to quit, but I kept going. And that's, you know, kind of the beautiful thing about um, life is that it's a struggle and there's challenges and there's always going to be obstacles and having the confidence to walk through it, knowing that you're capable is, is, uh, is powerful. That's so. awesome. Yeah. I, so yeah, I don't know. Again, I, I hope I'm answering your questions. I, they're great questions that I still figuring a lot of this stuff out, but um, it's, it's been a, it's been quite a ride. I'll say that. Awesome. Well, I got appreciate you, you know, taking the time, especially on a Sunday evening. I realize maybe that's not the best time to take, you know, an hour or someone's days on a Sunday. Yeah, this is, I appreciate your flexibility. But I just like appreciate how insightful, you know, you've been this entire time. And I think, the reason why I asked you to come on and I think you just said it yourself is you're very strong physically and you're also very strong mentally and you can kind of see both and it, and it comes out um, for you in very unique ways. And, 
you know, you, you go to your Instagram page or a YouTube video and you're kicking ass doing these races and, you know, you're, you know, carrying heavy things and getting dirty and competing and doing all these things, which is awesome. And then, you know, in your, in your job with um, Fit to Recover, you also have to be mentally strong, right? Working with people who, before they walk in your doors, could have been going through something terrible, you know, they no idea, you know, how their life has been, their struggle, you know, I'm sure they're different walks of life than you are. Um, so it's just, it's, it was really awesome to be able to hear from you and someone who's really doing it. Like you're in the thick of it right now. And, you know, the way that your kind of your career works is you, you gotta, you gotta put the work in, you gotta put the effort in, whether it be for your races, you're not going to show up for a Spartan race, you know, day of ready to go without training. And then when you meet with the people from your, you know, your program, you can't just walk in that day and say, all right, like, guess I'm just going to give some advice and see how it goes. So, I mean, it's just awesome to hear from someone like yourself who's who's really, you know, putting your feet on the ground and, and getting things done. Thanks, Corbin. Yeah, the preparation process is key no matter no matter what. It's the, it's the planning, it's the time in advance, you know, to, in order to execute, you know, in the way that in the way that you want to. And so I'm learning that. And again, some some executions are are better than others. But again, it's, I think if we have an open mind to it and we're okay, we're, we embrace the failures and we embrace the successes and, you know, all the small things in between, I think, um, and I think it gets you a lot further in life. So awesome. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, uh, check, checking you out on your next race and we'll, we'll, we'll cheer you on. Uh, but yeah, I, I thank you. Like, thank you a lot. And, you know, this was a great conversation and I hope things continue to go well for you and, you know, your program and your workouts. Like, I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Yeah, please stay in touch. And I, I, I'd love to, I'd love to continue following, you know, this podcast and what you do with it. And uh, I'm, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm really grateful to be a part of this and uh, wish you all the best as well. And stay in touch, please. I will. Absolutely. Thanks, Karina. Thanks, Corbin. Bye. Bye.